Well, our reading today is going to address our hearts once again. How do you know what kind of heart you have? What evidence do you have? Is there something that you can use to tell if your heart is good or bad? If it's hard or soft? We're going to find out today. I'm so glad that you've joined me on Audacious Arrows, where we're becoming recklessly bold men and women of faith through the power of God's Word. All right, we've been in the book of Matthew for a little while, and we're going to keep going in chapter 12 today. Tomorrow, we're going to take a little detour Um, and go visit the book of Jonah for a little while, and then we'll come back to Matthew in a few more days. Where we left off last time, the Pharisees were very upset with Jesus because he had been healing on the Sabbath. And even though Jesus explained to them that it was permissible to do good on the Sabbath, and he said, I am the Lord of the Sabbath, um, the Pharisees were still upset about this, and they left conspiring against him and looking for a way to destroy Jesus. And bring that up because... We're going to have another encounter between Jesus and the Pharisees in our reading today. Before we dive in, there are two words I want you to understand before we read. One is a name, Beelzebul, and we've seen that name before. It literally means Lord of the Flies. I think it was originally a Philistine god, and it's being used here as a title for Satan. So when you hear Beelzebul, some translations call say Beelzebub. And then they also equate that with the prince of demons and Satan. It's very clear in the text, I think, that um, they're all being used interchangeably, but I just wanted you to understand that. And then the other word is blasphemy. We've talked about it a little bit, but I just want to define it one more time for you here. Blasphemy is sacrilegious language against God. So it's using um, God's name in vain. That's probably the way that you hear it referred to the most. So using the name of Jesus as a swear word or the name of God as a swear word, for example, is a form of blasphemy, but also um, attributing something to God that is not accurate. So calling Jesus a liar or in, we're going to see today, calling Jesus Satan would be a form of blasphemy, for example. So it's sacrilegious language against God. And it was very, it's very, very serious in the Bible. We're going to talk today specifically about a form of blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk a little bit about that. All right, let's dive in. We're in Matthew chapter 12, and we're going to start at verse 22. So Matthew chapter 12, verse 22. I think it's really important that you follow along with me and see it with your own eyes, especially this is um, a difficult passage. There's a lot of disagreement and a lot of misunderstanding about this. So the best way we can seek to understand it is to actually go to the text ourselves, read the Bible for ourselves, and really think about what is it saying to us. So find Matthew chapter 12, verse 22. Then a demon-oppressed man who was blind and mute was brought to him, and he healed him, so that the man spoke and saw. And all the people were amazed and said, Can this be the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, It is only by Beelzebul, the prince of demons, that this man casts out demons. Knowing their thoughts, he said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and no city or house divided against itself will stand. 
And if Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I cast out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore they will be your judges. But if it is by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can someone enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods, unless he first binds the strong man? Then indeed he may plunder his house. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. Therefore I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven people, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. And whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. All right, well, before we dive in today, I first want to say that this is a this is a tricky passage, and there's some disagreement among biblical scholars about what exactly the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is, and um, there's a lot of misunderstanding about it. I think a lot of people read this and then kind of skip over it or just don't want to think about it because it feels really uncomfortable, but God has given his word to us, and he can help us to understand it. One thing that's a good strategy for reading your Bible when you come across something that you don't understand is to look at the verses really close by it. So look at the verses right before it and right after it and see if they help you understand what is being talked about in that tricky passage. And that's exactly what we're going to do today. So to understand what this unforgivable blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is, I think we should look at the story in which it takes place. So Jesus had just healed this man. He had cast out the demon, healed his blindness and his muteness. Oh, this poor man. Jesus was so kind and merciful to him to heal him and cast out this demon. And the people are amazed and the Pharisees see this. These Pharisees who are out to destroy Jesus see this. So that's that's the context. That's what's happening when Jesus brings up this blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Okay, and then we're going to see what the Pharisees do. And as we think about this, I think that the Pharisees in this story are committing this particular sin. And that's the context I think can help us understand it. So these Pharisees see this, and it's undeniable. They can't say it's just a optical illusion. He's just a magician. They can't really say, oh, it it didn't really happen. It was just a rumor. They saw it with their own eyes. They saw clearly what had happened here. And they have two choices. Their first choice is that they could say, yes, Jesus did this. This is the power of God. So that means that Jesus is who he says he is and we're wrong. So that would be one choice. They should have done that, but they didn't. 
they went with their second choice, which was, okay, let's just say it was a different power. It's not the power of God. It's the power of Satan. That way Jesus will look bad and will be right. And that's what they do. The power of the Holy Spirit here to cast out this demon and to heal this man, they call it the power of Satan. And that's what the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is. I have a quote here from R.C. Sproul, who's um, a very, or was a very um, intelligent, good biblical scholar. And he says, speaking against the Spirit, calling the work of the Spirit the work of Satan, involves an explicit, willful, and decisive rejection of the very power that can bring about repentance. So these Pharisees are rejecting the very power that could help them to repent of their sin and turn to Jesus. And that's what makes it unforgivable. These Pharisees have made a very willful, decisive stance against the Holy Spirit. They will never turn to him. They're not going to. That's why they're not going to be forgiven, because they're not going to turn to him. So sometimes I think people needlessly fear that, oh, have I committed this sin? Or what if I accidentally do? What if I accidentally say something and it's that it blasphemy against the Holy Spirit and I didn't mean it? Will I be unforgiven? No, <laughs> because if, if you're going to the Lord for forgiveness, it, it's clear that you haven't stood against the Holy Spirit in this way. If you're someone who feels bad about your sin, if you feel convict, that's called being convicted by the Holy Spirit about your sin, and you now believe the truth, you can't possibly have committed this sin. So this is something that these Pharisees had done, and yes, it's very, it was very serious for them. They were taking a stance against Jesus. All right, and then... At the end of our passage, Jesus talks about the good tree and the bad tree. And there's that um, part that says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So Jesus is using, again, another metaphor of a tree. A good tree brings out good fruit. A bad tree brings out bad fruit. What comes out of a good heart? Good words come out of a good heart. And what comes out of an evil or bad heart? Bad and evil words, right? He talks about that we'll be justified or condemned by our words. Well, it's because they're an evidence of what's inside of our hearts. And this is something I think is really applicable to our lives. Think about the words that are coming out of your mouth. Do you have mean words coming out of your mouth? Are your words um, sarcastic and bitter and angry? Well, it says something about what's inside of your heart. Are your words kind and forgiving? Are they encouraging? It says something about what's inside of your heart. So if the words coming out of your mouth are not good, it's time to pray and ask the Lord to do something to fix your heart. Ask him to give you a new heart if he hasn't already done that. Ask him to clean your heart, to forgive you, to soften it, to make your heart more like Jesus's heart. All right, let's talk about our Bible verse for this week. We're in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. It says, For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. So folly is another word for foolishness. 
So to people who have not turned to the Lord, sometimes the cross just sounds like, that seems foolish. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. We look at the cross and see that it is a beautiful thing. It's the, it's the wondrous logic of God. Let's read it one more time. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. 1 Corinthians 1.18 I'm so glad that you joined me today to read the Bible. Keep in mind that strategy when you come across a passage that's hard to understand or you feel like I might be misunderstanding this, think about what comes right before it and what comes right after it. Often you'll find the answer right there in the part that you're reading close by in scripture. And if that's not enough and you still have questions, ask. I've been reading the Bible for over 25 years, and I still have things that I have questions about, and it's okay to ask. Ask your mom and dad, or your pastor, or even a close friend who also reads their Bible. All right, we'll see you next time.